0: Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to a very special episode of the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jake Mondane. Season 2, Episode 9 is here. The Fan Appreciation episode, we do one every season. If you are in tonight, you are watching the Fan Appreciation show. And of course, the Halloween episode, you will see me switch it up all episode long. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. And Twitter, of course. And you can also catch the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. So be sure to tap into all of those as well. Thank you guys for tuning in. Got a great show for you guys tonight. But also, before we dive in, the last Fan Appreciation episode had 20,000 likes on TikTok. So our goal is to get to 40,000. By the end of this episode, we need 40,000 likes from you guys on TikTok. Like, share, subscribe, tell everybody, tell your mama, tell your grandma, tell everybody. Tune in to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Now, let's get into some quick news. Of course, ladies first, to cap it off, to get it started, but to cap off their season, congratulations to the Vegas Aces, beating the New York Liberty in four games to become back-to-back WNBA champs. Congratulations to Aja Wilson for winning the finals MVP. I believe she became the best player in the world when she won that award and winning her back-to-back title. She's only been in the league for six years, but let me tell you what she's done in these six years of professional basketball. Back-to-back WNBA titles. Finals MVP, two-time league MVP, back-to-back defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, two-time All-WNBA All, all WNBA first team, three-time blocks leader, three-time first team All-WNBA, and she won a FIBA World Cup MVP as well. She's done all of these things in just six years. To me, I say she's the best basketball player in the world on the women's side. You guys let me know what you think about that, but Asia Wilson, congratulations to her and the Vegas Aces. Also a special shout out and congratulations to Ace Candace Parker, winning her third WNBA title with three different franchises, the first time in history. No other woman has done that. She won with the LA Sparks. She brought one home for us for the Chicago Sky, and she just won her third one with the third team in the Vegas Aces. Congratulations to the ladies. Great season. Looking forward to see y'all try to three-peat. All right. Now let's get into Major League Baseball. The World Series is set. This weekend, if you place bets, you probably built a new building for Vegas. I think a new hotel will be building this winter based off strictly what happened this weekend. All right. Baseball, we got the World Series set. So last episode, we were talking about how the Phillies and the Rangers were up two games to none, right? Fast forward. The Diamondbacks upset and beat the Phillies in a game seven. Both series went to seven games. It was very exciting baseball. I think baseball is making a strong comeback with the rule changes, speeding the game up, and a lot of these young athletic baseball players are putting their name to the forefront as some of the best players in the league. That's why we are in costume tonight to congratulate those guys going to a World Series. So the Phillies go down in seven games to the Diamondbacks and the Rangers hold on after a furious comeback from the Astros going up three to two. The Rangers end up coming back, winning the last two feel bad for mattress. Mac for, for my betters that know mattress Mac is, he lost about $7 million this weekend, betting on his Astros to win the world series. Tough, tough. So, World Series is set up. We got the matchup, Diamondbacks versus Rangers. We will see who wins that World Series. Will the Rangers get their first World Series win, championship, or will the Diamondbacks win their first one since 2001? We will see. NFL, like I said, Vegas wasn't built on winners, right? A whole bunch of upsets in the NFL last week in week seven. Starting with Monday Night Football, we'll work our way back The 49ers lose again. The Vikings beat them at home. Kirk Cousins actually has a big game on Monday Night Football primetime. They win a big game against the 49ers. 49ers drop two straight. Then we got the Patriots actually beating the Bills. The Patriots actually beat somebody in football, y'all. So the Bills don't look as good as we thought they looked coming into the season. Shout out to Dennis Green. We are who we thought they were. (laughs) <laughs> they have lost three games already. They're four and three. I don't even think they have the lead for the division anymore or not even close. Even with the dolphins losing, looks like the jets might even creep up on the bills. Now looking crazy in Buffalo. If they don't get that thing turned around, I can see them breaking some stuff up. So we'll see what they do in the upcoming weeks. Also the Steelers get a big win. They go out to LA and beat the Rams. I actually picked the Rams to win that game. Steelers proved me wrong. Got the win. Mike Tomlin got these boys four and two. He always finds a way to get a winning record. Shout out to him. One of the best coaches in the business. The Bears beat the Raiders at home. Yes, it's an upset to me because I don't think the Bears are good. But congratulations to the rookie, Tyler Bajant, getting his first NFL victory, a Division two quarterback out of Shepard University. Congratulations to him. Bears get a big victory, 30-11. to 11 putting up big points. Let's see if they can keep it going. And then the Giants get their second win of the season. The Giants beat the Commanders, and they only needed 14 points to do it. Not only did they only need 14 points to do it, they only needed to score the 14 points in the second quarter to get it done. So congratulations to them on that win. I think the Commanders are in trouble, specifically Ron Rivera, New ownership coming into the building. If the coaches don't perform, you're not their guy. We all know what that spells. If they can't get something done now, Ron Rivera might be out of a job. Sam Howell might be out the door as well. We got a great quarterback draft coming up. I wouldn't be surprised if some things shake up in DC. So congrats to the Giants though. Then we got NBA. Of course you already know what time it is with the NBA. Opening week, we had doubleheader last night. We had the Lakers going to the defending champion, Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets get the win. They just seem to own the Lakers at this point. Every time it looks like they play them, they win, no matter how good the Lakers look. The Nuggets seem to play around and toy with them for three quarters, and then they go ahead and run away with it in the fourth. That was what happened last night. And what I learned from that game, even though it's open at night, it's one game, I'm not going to overreact. It's game one of 82. But it's the same thing we alluded to on the last episode. If Anthony Davis is not the best player on the floor for LA, they will not win. It's simple as that. Think about it. AD had an incredible first half, 17 points in the first half, ended the game with 17 points. That's not going to work. LeBron should not be your best player on your team in year 21. When LeBron went to the bench, Denver went on all of their runs, 7-0 run, 9-0 run. No offense was ran with the Lakers. They need to figure that out. If Anthony Davis isn't the guy, they won't go far. Also, they need to get a true center to play so AD can go to the four because if he's got to bang with guys like Jokic, Embiid, DeAndre Aiden, if he has to bang with the bigger uh, Zubac, if he has to defend the premier centers in the NBA, he's not going to have the energy or the legs to carry the Lakers in the fourth quarter. We saw that last night. The whole second half, he looked gas because he's trying to defend Jokic. Jokic makes the game look easy, but he's got about 50, 60 pounds on AD, so ain't no telling what could happen throughout the rest of the season if AD can't defend the bigs. He needs to go back to his natural position at the fourth spot. Then the nightcap, the Suns beat the Warriors in Oakland. And this Phoenix Suns team looks scary. I, I watched the game different than most. No Bradley Bill. KD didn't really look particularly good. He wasn't that efficient like he normally is. But Devin Booker went off last night. A quiet 32 points on like 65% shooting from the field. I don't know how you have a quiet 32 shooting that good, but he found a way to do it. He always smells blood against Golden State, and he did it again to him last night. Great win for the Suns on the road without Bradley Beal, one of the three-headed monsters. But what you should pay attention to is Josh Akogi and Yusef Nurkic, huge pickups for the for the Suns. Defensively, Josh Akogi was everywhere on the defensive end. A lot of offensive rebounds, 50-50 balls, hustle plays, winning basketball. And Yusef Nurkic, of course, he's going to get you a double-double every night. Play some defense, rim protect, so now KD doesn't have to expend a lot of energy trying to rim protect as well. I think that was a great win for the Suns. Again, it's one of 82, but it's a big win for them on the road. See how those young guys mesh with Book and KD. And they're going to be scary as hell when Bradley Beal returns. All right? So... Before we dive into the segments, we always got to hit you guys with a question. And if you are on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, be sure to like, share, subscribe. Let me know your thoughts about when I do these monologues, when I do these questions. So here we go. Is James Harden worth the trouble for any team in the NBA? I don't know if he is worth the trouble anymore, right? Think about it. Over the last three, four seasons, he's played on three different teams. He's played for the Rockets, unceremoniously left them, gained a bunch of weight to get out, looked like he was wearing a fat man suit on his jersey when he left Houston, pushes his way, forces his way to Brooklyn to play with KD and Kyrie. That didn't work out. He was a no-show in the playoff series when KD almost single-handedly beat the Bucs. He had one toenail on a three-point line, and it ended up being a two-pointer, so they lost that game. So James Harden wasn't there for that team. Then he doesn't want to stay in Brooklyn, so he forces his way out of Brooklyn and goes to Philly. Now in Philly, him and Daryl Morey aren't, don't seem to get along anymore. For whatever reasons, he may have every reason and every right to want to leave Philly because of Daryl Morey. However, the pattern that we see with James Harden, he goes to a team or he forces his way out of a franchise. He goes to a team that he assumes he will be good at or good for championship aspirations. He doesn't show up in the playoffs. He ends up at a strip club after playoff losses. And then he comes back next season out of shape and complaining that he wants to go somewhere else. So when I say, is James Harden worth the trouble? You got to think about it like this. Every team that's looking to win a championship have their pieces. They don't need James Harden to mess up the chemistry. And he you don't want him to go to a team that you're building with, a rebuild, a young team, because you don't want that distraction in the locker room. And he's not going to want to go to a rebuilding team because he's at a point in his career where he's championship robust. So is James Harden worth the trouble of putting on your roster? They say he wants to go to the Clippers. Why do you want him with the Clippers? When you got Kawhi and Paul George, you already got to deal with if they're going to be healthy or not. The chemistry with Ty Lu. Russell Westbrook, he already played with Westbrook in Houston. That didn't work. So I wouldn't want him there. Definitely don't want him in LA. They don't have championship aspirations anyway. I hope not. But if they do, James Harden will upset that apple cart as well. D'Angelo Russell, he'll stunt the growth of all of the young players on that team, specifically Austin Reeves. So you don't want him there. Chris Paul's already in Golden State. He already tried to play with KD. Like he's running out of places to go to win. So I don't think he's worth the trouble anymore. You guys let me know what you think. I don't think he's worth the trouble anymore. He's an aging superstar that comes up short in playoff series. So what am I getting out of him? I'm getting 65 good regular season games, watching him dribble through his legs all the time, do his step back and shoot threes, throw a couple lobs. Like I'm not getting any type of winning basketball from him anymore. So why would I want James Harden on a team where I'm trying to win games? So I'll leave you with some numbers. Just, I already kind of pleaded my case. I'm gonna leave y'all with some numbers. Check it out. All of his numbers in the regular season, points, rebounds, assists, all go down in the playoffs for the last six years. All of his numbers have went down. And his, turn number, his turnovers go up. He goes from averaging eight, nine assists a game in a regular season and three turnovers to averaging five assists in the the playoffs and five assists and five turnovers in the postseason. So your assist to turnover ratio in a regular season is eight to two, eight to three. And then in the postseason, your assist to turnover ratio skyrockets at five to five. So not only am I not getting elite production from my point guard, I'm getting diminishing returns on an investment of a guy that's disgruntled, not good in the locker room, needs to find strip clubs everywhere he goes, needs a city with a nightlife. It's just not conducive to a championship team. He's proven that all these years. And I'll even go even bolder and say this, he was probably better as a six man. When he was playing as a six man, even though it was early in his career, for the Thunder, I think he was a more productive player. He was in his role as the third option. Once he got to Houston, yes, for his career, it it helped his career out tremendously. Became an all NBA player, all star, MVP even. But it was not conducive to winning. If he would have been in that third spot, he could have got with a team that had a guy or a group of guys that could have carried to a title. Having him as the forefront or the main guy on a championship team was never going to work with his style of play and it's played out in his career. So I don't think he's worth the trouble. You guys let me know what you think. Again, be sure to follow, like, share, subscribe. When we come back on the fan appreciation episode, be sure to get those likes up. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. And when we come back, we will get into the second iteration of the X-Factor College Football Rankings. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back.
1: If you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today.
0: Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, season two, episode nine, the fan appreciation episode, and of course that Halloween special. Happy Halloween everybody. We will see you guys next week when we're on here, but let's get into it now. The X Factor college football rankings. Yes, like I told you, every month we're gonna come back and we do our rankings. It doesn't worry about wins and losses. We're talking about strength of schedule. We're talking about who you played, how you played in those games. We're talking about what you have coming down the pipe in your schedule, your defensive ranking against the nation, offensive ratings, all of those things, all right? And with that being said, let's get into the rankings, all right? At number 10, we got Alabama making a – A nice stop into the X-Factor college football power rankings. They were not in the first iteration. They made it in at number 10. Bumpy road, beginning of the season. They had to figure out the quarterback situation. I think Jalen Miro is the guy. He's shown that he can win games by throwing the ball and being productive, being precise. So at seven and one, they actually have the second-best strength of schedule on the power rankings here in the top 10. Probably the worst defense, though, in the Nick Saban era since he's been there. This has probably been their worst defense statistically as far as points allowed. But they do make the top 10 because of it because of this nice run that they're going on. They've beaten some quality teams. It was a big win against Tennessee last week. Let's see if they can keep it going. And having the number two strength of schedule and only losing once says a lot in the power rankings at number nine, you got Texas. Of course, Texas gave Alabama that one loss. That's not why they're at number nine. They do have the sixth best strength of schedule in the country, actually so far. So they have played a tough schedule. They played a lot of these teams that are in this power ranking and they've shown well six and one had a tough loss against Oklahoma but the X-Factor Sports Podcast predicted that loss. If you paid attention to bet that, hope you won some money on that for sure. So six and one, tough loss to Oklahoma, but they still could run the table in the Big 12. They don't have any really pressing or hard games left. They, they should be favored to win the rest of the games in the regular season. At number eight, we got Penn State. Penn State, they are... Six and one as well. Tough schedule that they had. They had a tough loss against Ohio State, but they're ninth in points and they're second in defense in the country. And the next tough game they got down the road, they play Michigan in three weeks. So we'll see where they are in the final power rankings. But right now they are sitting at number eight. At number seven, Michigan Wolverines. They actually moved up a couple spots for me I had Michigan at number 10 in the last power ranking because they haven't played anybody. Their strength of schedule is terrible. They're A-no, but again, the reason that they're eighth in these power rankings, their strength of schedule is like 120th in the country. Like it's bad, they don't play anybody. So because of that, they get penalized in these rankings, but they are A-no, and they have the best defense in the country. I don't know if that is a testament to the teams they play, I don't know if that's a testament to um, their defense actually being dominant. Maybe the guy that they got working a videographer. I know you guys have seen that in the news. They got somebody that's been kind of doing some Spygate, some Belichickian type stuff. But either way, they are a no. So they got Penn State and they got Ohio State at home. So their schedule does get tough. They do get tested. So we'll see what Michigan will do in the weeks to come. At number six, we got Florida State, the Seminoles. They look great. They are 7-0. They're fifth in points in the nation as well, and they're fifth on the power index. But I got them at number six here. 7-0, and big win against number 16 Duke at home. That was a huge win. Duke actually one of the best defensive teams in the country. Florida State wins that game. And they could run the table unless Miami – Gives them a game here in about three weeks. Miami started off strong. They were in the power rankings, the first one, last month. So maybe they still got a little bit left in the tank to actually compete against Florida State. And then Florida State also has their last game of the regular season. is always against their rival, Florida. So that may be a tough game as well. If they can survive those, maybe they'll have a shot at being in the top four or five in the final power ranking. At number five, the Oregon Ducks. We got Oregon out west at six and one. Yes, they lost a tough game, an instant classic to Washington, but I got them number five in the power rankings. They are eighth in passing, and they are number two in points in the country and number two in the power index. Instant classic, like I said, against Washington. Big game this weekend. They're at number 13, Utah Utah is one of the best defenses in the country as well. And they defend their home field better than almost anybody. Just ask Caleb Williams and the USC Trojans. They can't seem to figure them out. So that'll be a monster game this weekend, one to key in on for the power rankings. So we'll see how Oregon does there. At number four, so these top four, I guess you can say this is who I think will be in the college football playoff as of right now. But the top four teams that I got in the power rankings, Oklahoma at number four. They fell back from a couple weeks in the power rankings, but they are still undefeated at 7-0. Big win against Texas, like we talked about. Struggled to beat UCF, though. You can't come off a big win like that and then almost lose. They literally were down most of the game, came back and won it. So they showed some resiliency for that. They got two road conference games at KU and at Oklahoma State. Again, conference games can be tough. Teams know who you are, how you play. KU's had a good year. Oklahoma State is coming on strong late in the year. So OU will be tested to stay in the top of this power ranking. They have the inside track to win the Big 12 outright, though, because of the head-to-head with Texas, and other teams have more than one loss. So OU finish out strong, and they can win this conference. At number three, we got Ohio State, the Buckeyes. 7-0, they actually look better than I thought they were. I thought that they were overrated at the beginning of the year, but it looks like they're holding serve. They have big wins against Notre Dame and another big win against Penn State. 7-0 in one of the best defenses in the country, only giving up 10 points a game. So you got to show love and respect for that. Like I said, big wins against Penn State, Notre Dame, and they end the regular season at Michigan. That will be the test. So when the last iteration of the power rankings come out, all the schedule will be done. We will get to see who we have in the final rankings, who the X-Factor Sports Podcast thinks is the number one team in the country. But before that, at number two, got to show love to the Washington Huskies out West. They've been playing big all year long. Michael Penix Jr. is my Heisman Trophy favorite right now, front runner, quarterback at Washington, playing some great football. Huge leap. I think I had them at like five or six in the last rankings. Up to two, seven and oh. big win against Oregon. They're number one in the country in passing. And they got three tough, tough road games. I believe this is the best conference in the country this year. They've had up to eight teams ranked in the Pac-12. And Washington is unblemished at this point going into Halloween. But they got three tough road games coming up. They have to go... Two, they're at USC, then they got Utah, and then they're back out on the road against Oregon State. Three ranked teams back-to-back-to-back. Let's see how they fare against them. Oregon State was probably number 11 or 12 just outside of the, uh, the power rankings. So Washington has their work cut out for them. We'll see how they do. And then the number one team, of course, Georgia Bulldogs. Last time we talked, they hadn't lost a game in almost a year. (laughs) still rolling, or two years, sorry, still rolling. And I think that they may run the table in the big, in the SEC. All right, 7-0, they were idle last week. We don't hold that against you. Every team gets a break. Only team in the power rankings that are top 10 in points, passing, and defense. That's why they're number one. Big rivalry against Florida, the Georgia-Florida game, and then three ranked teams after that. You got Mizzou, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. So they will get tested in this last month of football. I'm excited to see how it goes. And we'll see if Georgia can hold, serve, and keep that number one ranking. As you can already see, we got the power rankings down 10 to 1. You guys let me know what you think. Like, share, subscribe. Also tune in. And let's get those likes up on TikTok. This episode is for you guys. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think. I want to know if the show's going well, if you're telling everybody to tune in, but that's the college power rankings over to my right. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. When we come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast, we are going to get into our scariest NFL matchups coming into week eight, our scariest head-to-head individual matchups in the NFL. When we come back, this is the X Factor Sports Podcast.
1: Season two of the X Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondain is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans.
0: Yo, yo, welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Season two, episode nine, the fan appreciation episode. This is the thank you guys for tuning in, liking, sharing, and subscribing. We're over 2,000 subscribers on YouTube now. So thank you guys for that. I appreciate all the support, all the love. We are just under 10,000 followers on TikTok. We are picking up steam on Facebook with the followers and the likes So be sure to continue to push that trend forward. I thank you guys for that. You can also catch the audio. Don't forget, if you don't like seeing this lovely face, but you like the voice, check out the audio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify. So go ahead and do that. And uh, Amazon, I believe I said Amazon already. All right. Now, let's get into the scariest NFL matchups coming into week eight, head to head. All right. Bucks versus Bills. The scariest matchup in that game. You got Mike Evans versus Stefan Diggs. Very scary matchup. All right. Two of the best wide receivers in the league coming off losses. I think they're going to be pissed off. Ready to show out, show up and show out. Multiple touchdowns, 100 yard games. I want to know, you guys let me know, which wide receiver will have the best game between Mike Evans and Stefan Diggs. I'm going to go ahead and say Diggs will have the best. I think he has the better quarterback, playing at home off a loss. But still, both of these two can break open the game at any given time. They're number ones for a reason. Two of the best wideouts in the league. Bucks Bills, let me know who the best wide receiver will be in that game. For the next game, we got the Rams and the Cowboys all right on the defensive side scary matchup Aaron Donald versus Micah Parsons we got the present versus the future all right Aaron Donald multiple defensive player of the years Micah Parsons looking to win his first defensive player of the year Aaron Donald's been dominant in the NFL for years Super Bowl champ if you remember the iconic holding up the finger give me my ring after getting a game-winning tackle for for the uh, Rams. And then we got Michael Parsons, the future, up-and-coming, athletic, can play multiple positions, D. N. linebacker, whatever you need, move around the line anywhere you want him, sack machine. Who will have the better game on Sunday in this Rams-Cowboys game? Like I said, two of the best defensive linemen in the league. You guys let me know who you think will have a bigger game. I don't, I don't envy either one of these quarterbacks in this game because they're going to be running for their life. Plus, both quarterbacks are prone to throwing picks. And I think the pressure up front will be the difference. Whoever, Whichever team gets the most pressure on the quarterback wins the game. And I think Michael Parsons and Aaron Donald will have a big say in who brings the most pressure from each team. So you guys let me know. And then the last matchup we got that's scary. Another present versus future matchup. We got the Falcons against the Tennessee Titans. Two teams again coming off losses. Hungry to oh, actually, the Falcons won the game. They another upset game. I apologize to the Falcons. Winning on the road against Tampa Bay. But we got a scary matchup. All right. We got B. John Robinson and we got King Henry, Derek Henry, the Tennessee bully, is what I like to call him. Present versus future. Again. Derek Henry, everybody's seen his work. You know what he does. He's a walking 1,500 yards, rushing 10 touchdown, having running back 6'4", 230 pounds. And then you got the future with Bijan Robinson out of Texas, number one pick for the Atlanta Falcons this season. Already got amazing plays, some sports in the top 10 plays already. Let's see what these two running backs can do. Both defenses give up. 95 to 100 yards a game. So this may be a game where these two guys are the premier. But y'all let me know who you think will have the better game, Bijan or the Tennessee bully. So there are the matchups, scariest ones. Let me know what you think, Mike Evans or Stefan Diggs, Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald, Bijan Robinson, King Henry. Let me know what y'all think, scary, frightening matchups in the NFL Hopefully if you're placing bets, you're not helping Vegas build more buildings. So be careful with those bets you make this weekend because I know I will be for sure. When we come back, we will shift gears into the NBA and we will keep the theme going. We got nightmare NBA teams this season with big threes, with big duos, dynamic duos, nightmare teams in the NBA. This is the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Appreciating this fans tonight. Yo, 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 we are right back with the X Factor Sports Podcast Season 2, Episode 9. Like we talked about, we are appreciating our fans tonight for the Halloween special. We're going to change it up as we need to. A sports guy with different sports levels, with different sports layers. Now we're going to get into the NBA. All right, we got nightmare teams that we wanted to talk about in the NBA. I have four teams. I got four teams that will be nightmares for their opponents this season, all right? One of the teams you saw last night, the Phoenix Suns. Listen, this team is scary, all right? Yes, it's only been one game, but you got to understand something. The way that their offense is going to be when Bradley Beal comes back is going to be insane, all right? The way they move the ball, the spacing, first of all, KD demands a double team everywhere he's at on the court. You got Devin Booker, who can be a playmaker, distributor, and a shooter, score. And then Bradley Beal does the same thing. They literally have three players that can do everything on the floor at the same time. And you got guys that can defend. They short up the bench. They got a good coach in Frank Vogel, NBA championship coach. They might be the highest scoring trio in the NBA like each of them can average 25 plus, like they can probably get 80 points a game from three players, potent offense, especially the way the game is played in the Western conference. They will be a nightmare for opponents this season. Be on the lookout for the Phoenix Suns. They probably will be the highest scoring team in the NBA. In the Eastern conference, our second nightmarish team is the Boston Celtics. The C's. Yes. With, the addition of Drew Holiday, they already have Jason Tatum, budding superstar, Jalen Brown, all-NBA guy, Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Like, they with those four alone in the Eastern Conference, it's going to be tough night in and night out to stop these guys. Porzingis is a matchup nightmare, 7-4, can shoot threes, athletic. We already know what Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum can do. On any given night, any one of them can give you 30. Jalen Brown's locking up your best wing player. Even Tatum's becoming an elite defender now. And then you got arguably one of the best defensive point guards in basketball, Drew Holiday, floor general. So that team is going to be a nightmare for anybody they come up against as well. combination of floor spacing, shooting, versatility on defense. They bring... Derek White off the bench, some more versatility, ball handling and defense. Like, they, if they can put that thing together fast, they're going to be a problem for everybody. So it wouldn't be far-fetched to say that they're the clear-cut favorites to win the East, but there is another team in the East that could give them problems. But back over to the West, our third team that will give teams nightmares. And a lot of y'all are going to be surprised by this team. That's why we appreciate the fans. We want y'all to chime in on what you think about what I'm talking about. The New Orleans Pelicans. I think the New Orleans Pelicans will be a nightmare this year. Here's why. Zion, a healthy Zion, CJ McCullum, Brandon Ingram. The way that Zion plays the game, and I don't even think he's been healthy since he's been in the league. I don't think he's been 100% yet, but he's still was averaging 27 a game on 60% shooting from the field. And he's still learning how to play. What I mean by that is the the NBA game. Yes, he knows how to play basketball. I talk to Ms. D about this all the time. These guys can play basketball. But at the level that you need to play in the NBA, there's about 30% of these guys that don't know how to play at that level. So it shouldn't be a surprise to you guys. I would say seven out of 10 guys can play in the league and the other 30% have no idea what they're doing. They're just athletic. When Zion learns how to play the game and learns winning basketball with all his athleticism and his sheer dominance and, and strength, it's a wrap. So with him and with CJ McCullough and Brandon Ingram, I think that they could have one of the most offensive offensively versatile teams in the league they showed you last year even with zion in and out of the lineup they were good enough they became a one seed by december so they can play they got a good surrounding supporting cast around those three i think that they're gonna do well this year i think they're actually gonna surpass the grizzlies i think the grizzlies take a step back losing jaw for 25 games that's a big mountain to climb to get back in. I think the Pelicans get in that spot. So, like I said, a healthy Zion is a dangerous Zion. He's a matchup nightmare by himself. And you add Brandon Ingram at 6'10", with point guard capabilities, they're gonna be a problem. And then CJ McCullough on any given night can give you over 20 a game. And then my fourth team, that will be a nightmare this season is back in the Eastern Conference, of course, Dame time, Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, the Milwaukee Bucks. With that team, they already have championship pedigree. Giannis is already an unstoppable force. And then you have Damian Lillard, who is probably the one of the most clutch players we've seen in the NBA in his era. And you add that with a motivated Chris Middleton. Uh, much-improved defensive, Brooke Lopez. I think they look great. Adrian Griffin, the new head coach, but I think that team, they might have the best pick-and-roll game in the league with Dave and Giannis. How do you guard that? When you got a point guard bringing the ball up the court, and he is a threat as soon as he crosses half-court to shoot. Literally, he can shoot from 40. And then you have the Greek freak coming to set a screen and rolling how do you defend that you can't back off an inch of damn because he pulling from anywhere and then you got that guy rolling who catch anything you throw up in the air he's dunking it so i'm excited to see how that works you got chris middleton on the wing you got brooke lopez who can dive who can duck and can dip out for threes pick and pop bobby portis comes in and he can pick and pop pick up the slack nightmares all over the court It's going to be a great season to see these four teams. I might have just told y'all who will be in the East and Western Conference Finals. I'm not giving the Pelicans that much love. I still think Denver is the team to beat. But three out of these four teams can definitely be in a conference final. The reason I don't have the Nuggets as a matchup nightmare, the totality of their team does well. And, you know, any given night, Jamal Murray can go off like he did last night. Jokic is going to be consistent. But I don't think they do anything that will scare you from an individual standpoint. The the people I named out of these Nightmares teams, like, you got to get your rest early before you play them. Like, you got to go to bed early, eat right, do all the right things, get your sleep before you see KD, Bradley, Bill, and Devin Booker. Like, So I'm interested to see what this season is going to be like. But those are my nightmares. The Phoenix Suns, the Boston Celtics, the New Orleans Pelicans, surprisingly enough, for my sleeper, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Let me know what you guys think. All the fans, we are live on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, of course. Let me know what you guys think. Who are your teams that you think will cause the most nightmares this season? And when we return... We will get into the final two minute warning of the show. This is Jay Mondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast.
1: If you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today.
0: Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. It's been a great show, a lot of information. We got the best time of year for sports. You got baseball playoffs, WNBA finals just ended. We got, we're in the thick of the NFL season, the thick of college football, in the NBA opening night, opening week. This is the best time of year if you're a sports fan, the end of October, I love it. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and of course, follow the X-Factor Sports Podcast on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Hopefully we got those likes up. We are ready to move it from the 20,000 we got from the last fan appreciation episode, and we got it up to the 40,000. Let's make sure we get this up to 40,000 likes so more people can tune into the show. Before we get out of here, For those of you who are new to the X Factor Sports Podcast, this is a lot of people's favorite segment, the two-minute warning. So what I got for y'all this week, capable versus willing. The difference between the two, okay? It's not about what you're capable of, it's about what you're willing to do, all right? So think about that. A lot of people are capable of doing things, but are they willing to do it? Are they willing to do what it takes to get things done? A lot of people have potential. A lot of people have capabilities. You know, a lot of people have athletic ability. A lot of people are smart, but are they willing to put in the work to get the job done? So that's the question you want to ask yourself. Are you willing? Are you just capable or are you also willing to do things? Okay. How many people are willing? Take chances. Okay. Believe in yourself. Potential is nothing if it's not used, right? Potential is just one of those things floating around in the air. You know, it's wasted talent. So do you have talent and capable of doing things, fulfilling fulfilling that potential? In order to do that, you have to be willing to work, willing to take a chance, willing to sacrifice. Those are the people that get ahead. Not the ones that are capable, but the ones that are willing. Which one are you? Thank you guys for tuning in to the Expert Sports Podcast. Fans, I appreciate you so much. We will have a fan appreciation episode every season, but it's always a different episode, so that means you got to tune in all of them if you want me to show you my appreciation. But I thank you guys so much. Can't wait till next week. We will get into the NFL Week 9. In your favorite segment, Bet That, we'll be back, and we will be thick into the NBA season. Also, we will get into the World Series. We will have a big segment on the World Series and who we think will win and why. This is Jay Mondaine of the X-Factor Sports Podcast, and as always, we thank Ms. D for the production, and we are out. Peace!